If you love podcasting as much as I do, you may be considering starting your own. Starting a podcast has been one of the best decisions I have ever made, but getting started can feel overwhelming. Buzzsprout is the easiest and most professional way to start a podcast. Buzzsprout has helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcasts, including me. Buzzsprout will launch your show on all of the major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, to name a few. You also get a podcast website, audio players that can be dropped into other websites, and stats of who is listening and so much more. Buzzsprout also publishes blog posts, podcasts, and YouTube videos every week. They are great tools and have useful information from expert podcasters. To start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in our show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you and it supports my show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Crime One and Chaos contains adult language and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Chaos Kids. I'm Naomi. And I'm Amber, and this is Crime, Wine, and Chaos. Hey! hey. Every time. Every Why time. do you hate it? You I can't help but do it, it, though. I can't. Like, <laughs> you know what? You gotta do a little dance in you your gotta seat. Do you it. gotta do it. Yeah. Puts a little pep in your step for the day. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm great, thank you. What's uh what's new this week with you? Um absolutely nothing. Are you kidding me? Good I God. I'm working on puzzle number 3. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Good for you. Look, Good for I you. I haven't been feeling great. I've just yeah. kind of been in my pajamas and, uh, you know, watching reruns of Grey's Anatomy. And, you know, this is this is what I've got to offer to the world today. That's perfect. We'll take it. Okay. I what love about all that you? For you? What's going on with well, you? Uh, well, today was my first day back to work after a very short holiday break. Right. So just trying to get back into the grind and, um, you know, not really crushing it, but here I am. <laughs> I think I'm doing you're my best. It. You're doing great. You're doing great. Sister. You're showing up. You know what? Showing up is like ninety percent of it. Okay. You're not wrong. I'm here. <laughs> I've got a story. You've got a story. Then That's we're uh... fine. We're fine. Are you drinking something tonight? What are you drinking? I, you know. Thank you for asking. I actually just have some water. What? Who are you? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've been up since 1 a.m. Oh, for my some God. unknown reason. I know. For no good um, reason. Mm-mm. The insomnia has really taken hold in the last few months, and I'm not sure why, but wow. um, I'm going to drink my water and record and then take some melatonin and go to bed. I love that for you. Thank you. I think that's Thank exactly you. right. That's exactly how it, just, <laughs> it should go down. Uh, yep, mm. that's what we're doing. Um, okay, oh, well then, like, you know, let's not uh, waste time. Let's get you to nighty night. <laughs> let's get you to nighty night. Yes. You got a crime for me? I have a crime. And oh. you know what? You hmm. actually asked for it and I delivered what? Mm-hmm. Stop mm-hmm. it. Yes. Today, I am going to tell you the story or the true story of the Texas A&M serial raper. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Now, per, per, per Sister Rissa, uh-huh. uh, we're, we're calling it we're calling him a raper, not a rapist. 
because it's not a profession. It's a it's a criminal. Okay, so this comes from. (laughs) No, this was remember you were telling me the story of uh, Brittany down in Mm -hmm. Nevada, and I thought you were going to be telling me this story at first. Oh my God, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm Mm -hmm. here, present. Mm -hmm. So this actually comes from an episode. I I I had watched it semi recently because you know my other one of my other. uh, kind of go-to comfort shows in the background is often Unsolved Mysteries. And uh, this is from season nine, episode six of Unsolved Mysteries, which I think Prime has pretty much all of them. So we're going to go to the evening, an evening in January, the 30th, 1995, on the college campus of Texas A&M. Now, for longtime listeners of the pod, this is not the time we've been to Texas A&M because Amber, one of her very first episodes, told us the story of the Aggie bonfire collapse. Correct. My first happened. chaos. Yes, which also happened at Texas A&M. So, shit be going down at Texas A&M. It is shit be going down. It's true. At Texas A&M. <laughs> okay. Which is like its own little town. I looked it up. Its own little town like northwest of Houston. <clears throat> okay. All right. So a young woman is walking between buildings by herself at night uh, oh. when a jogger passes her by and heads away off into the dark. And she doesn't really think anything of it when he comes jogging by her again in the opposite direction. A number of students jog around on cap- campus and they often pass by more than once as they do their laps or whatever around the buildings. Right? Sure. And as he's jogging by the second time, he actually says Hi. And the young woman says hi back to him, but then he grabs her and pulls out a knife. Oh, God. He repeatedly tells her to do what he tells her to do as he makes sure to keep that knife where she can see it. And she was certain he would use that knife on her if she didn't do what he said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying. Uh, The man then brutally raped her. The whole ordeal spanning roughly half an hour before he ran off into the night. What a piece of shit. That's got to be, oh God, a half an hour. That's a long time. That is a long time. That is a long time. Mm -hmm. The victim immediately contacted university police and a composite drawing was released based on her descriptions of the man who attacked her, along with a character profile of the suspect. Probably a college student would strike again he used a knife okay but this piece of shit looked like every other white douchebag on campus of course he did right so the sketch wasn't very helpful like at all Mm-hmm. and a few months later on the night of may 4th 1995 another young woman on campus was attacked by the knife wielding raper She fought at first until he pulled out the knife and put it to her throat. He told her if she screamed, he would kill her. Mm. She stopped struggling at that point and he took her to a field nearby and the grass in the field was like five or six feet tall. And he led her to an area about six feet in diameter where he had clearly matted down the grass Oh, this, God. This fucker had planned and prepared for this. Oh, that's creepy. What a piece of shit. And this is where he sexually assaulted her. 
It was the opinion of law enforcement that while he had chosen and prepared the site, the victims were opportunistic, meaning he was just waiting for the right time to grab a woman alone in the proximity of this spot in this field. A second composite drawing was done based on the second victim's description of her attacker, and it was very similar to the first sketch. This increased the likelihood in the minds of the university police that Texas A&M had a serial raper preying on the young women on their campus. And they Mm -hmm. knew if that were true, there would be more victims. Oh, God. It's so fucking terrifying. I know. I know. I I know. And And I think, you know, it's really common, right? Like you go like young people go off to college, they go to campus, they're having a good time, they're away from their families for the first time, like living on their own. Most like, you know, the, a lot of them are living in, in dorms or like shared housing of some kind with a bunch of other people their age. And they're just like, going to school and like going to parties and like having the time of their life, right. And they're just not yeah. thinking about you know, somebody grabbing them and raping them when they're walking between buildings on campus. No, no. Also, you assume, I think, probably that there's hundreds of people within earshot just everywhere. Like, right. Yeah. Real false sense of security, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Side note. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Debbie gave me like this, um, this little device that goes on a keychain that when you pull it apart, it like flashes like crazy white flashy <laughs> light and makes this like really loud chirping sound that like makes people uncomfortable because it's so loud and annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Good new version her. of a rape whistle. <laughs> oh, she my. She's worried about me when I go to the airport alone. Oh, Debbie. I know. It's... Sweet baby Debbie. Well, no. good for, well, you know, good. Who knew that there was a rape whistle with a strobe light? God. <laughs> now you know. Something called, yeah. it's called like chirp or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll show it to you. <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So they plastered the campus with posters and flyers with the composite sketches. But they also knew it was a long shot that any solid tips would come in because, you know, what they had was a straight haired, young, white dude. That was it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all those white guys look all look the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he was he pretending to be on a jog the second time? I didn't get that. OK, but maybe probably. Yeah. I mean, it mm-hmm. worked well the first time. Right. Right. Even the second victim said he just looked like a, quote, clean-cut student. That's what she said. Mm -hmm. In November of 1995, the first victim stopped at a local grocery store to grab some groceries. And she got in line to check out and was shaken as she wrote her check and handed it to the cashier, who she was convinced was the man who raped her at knife point. Holy shit. Oh, I just got fucking chills. Oh, God. She immediately reported this to the police and they tracked down his identity. He was Don Richard Davis Jr. And he was scheduled to graduate from A&M in three weeks. Detectives from the campus police got in touch with Jr. and asked to take his picture for a photo lineup. Detectives who spoke with him said his demeanor was very sheepish, 
timid and shy. But one detective said when they later studied his photo, his eyes did not reflect a timid person, but rather a very thoughtful, aware, and focused individual. Yikes. Mm -hmm. It's always the eyes. You got to look at those eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eyes don't lie. Eyes don't lie. The second victim was shown his photo, and she also identified him as the raper. Mm. Uh, the police obtained his DNA, and he came back as 90% matched to the DNA, DNA they found on file for the raper that they were looking for. Oh. Was that as close as they could get in the late 90s? That might be. That might yeah. be. Mm. <clears throat> Junior was arrested in January of 1996. With aggravated sexual assault, his friends and family and teachers couldn't believe it. Teachers of his Hmm. said he was an excellent student. His friends thought he was a great guy. And no one who knew him could believe that he was the campus raper. It's so... Oh, my gosh. It's so spooky Mm -hmm. how they can do that. Carrie Zabrowski, a friend of his, said in an interview for Unsolved Mysteries, quote... When I heard the charges, I was in disbelief. I thought there's got to be some mistake. Don's not that type of person. There's nothing aggressive about his personality. And I thought it was a case. I still think it is a case of mistaken identity. End quote. Oh. Mistaken identity and mistaken DNA? Yes. Clearly. Okay. Sure, okay. sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final DNA results, however, would prove otherwise. He was a one million match in one incident and a one in five a one in one million match in one incident and a one in five billion match in another shit well there you go there you go junior's bail was set at one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and he made that bail so he was released the court ordered him to stay with his parents and be home every night by 10 p.m on august 28th 1996 six days before his trial was to start he did not come home No. Fuck. Unsolved Mysteries originally aired this story in April of 1997 as a, like, help us find this guy episode. or Right. Right. And the current version on Prime has an update stating that shortly after it aired, Don Richard Davis Jr. was arrested in Cleveland, Ohio, after running a red light. Mm. He'd been working at a strip club as a DJ... Mm -hmm. in a nearby suburb of Cleveland, but he was actually arrested in October of 2000. Three and a half years after that show originally aired. What? Yeah. So what the update on Unsolved Mysteries didn't say was that Junior had actually been arrested in January of 1997 prior to that original episode in Dearborn, Michigan for shoplifting. Apparently, he gave the Dearborn police a fake name, William Allen Webster. They turned up no evidence to tell them he was lying, so he was charged with larceny and later released. It wasn't until much later that they discovered who he really was after they sent his fingerprints into the FBI as part of a routine check. Jesus Christ. And also, what the fuck are you doing stealing and running red lights when you know that you're like wanted? Well, in the 90s, apparently you could do that and it was fine (laughs) because nobody had like, you know, connected computer systems and they didn't bother running his prints until they had already released him. 
And so by the time they got this information back from the FBI that he was wanted in Texas for skipping out on his trial, he was long Mm. gone. Oh, God. They did that backwards. Mm -hmm. And a year after the Dearborn (laughs) arrest, Texas finally found out about it. So a year Mm -hmm. after all of that, Texas found out, oh, no, by the way, this guy was picked up, let go, and then identified through records through the FBI, he was in uh, Dearborn, Michigan. So Texas... added Junior's records to the criminal databases of Michigan and a number of other states. So, like, again, late 90s, still not, like, connected systems. So they had to literally, like, reach out and be like, hey, let's put this guy in your system in case you pick him up. And they had to, like, pick which states they were going to do that in? Weird. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, how do they even decide which states? Like, wouldn't you want them in all of them? He could go anywhere. No shit. Is this no still shit. an issue today? I don't even know. Are are we all finally linked up now? Like, I think so. I think I that's think what so. CODIS is. Yeah. Well, no, CODIS is for DNA, though, right? DNA, and then more? there's – some. it starts with an A. For There's a fingerprint equivalent to CODIS. But, yes, it's a nationwide – oh, it's the NCI. It's the National Criminal Information System, NCIS. Ah, got you. Okay. Uh-huh. So – Four years later, when he got pulled over for a routine traffic stop in Cleveland, it was just sheer luck. He didn't have a driver's license, which was the reason for his arrest. And again, he used a fake name, Brian Armstead. He was booked and released two days later. Oh, It wasn't until five days later that they actually got a hit off his prints and realized who he was. This time, he was easy to find. Apparently... They had found and confiscated $7,500 in his car at the time of his arrest. And he had let them, he had left them with his, with his address so they could return it to him. Oh my God. What a fucking dumbass! Can I have my money back, please? Thanks. The address he gave was Crazy Horse Men's Club, the strip club that he was a DJ Uh at. And that's where he was finally arrested and taken into custody for the sexual assault charges he had run from the prior almost four years good wow. during that time on the run don davis senior and his wife linda were both charged with a felony hindering apprehension or prosecution it turns out junior was only able to flee texas in the first place because his dad gave him six grand and a car fuck off are you kidding me nope wow That's some real uh real great men coming down this uh this family, family line tree. yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah. kidding uh-huh. the charges against linda were dropped and senior ended up serving a 6 month sentence with 5 years probation under the stipulation that he would do a public plea to his son to turn himself in which ran in the newspaper as well as on local and national television hmm Once Junior was brought back to Texas, he pled guilty to the original charges of aggravated sexual assault, claiming he was on meth at the time. Okay. He had no interest in talking with law enforcement, but they tried to find out more about his whereabouts during those four years he was on the run. They were looking to see if he committed any other rapes during that time, but I couldn't find that they were able to tie him to anything beyond the two he pled guilty to from 1995. Don Richard Davis Jr. was sentenced to 99 years in prison, and he is eligible for parole in 2030. 
Wow. Wow. Fuck. Good for her, though. Her instincts kicked in or something Mm. where she was like, nope. Yep. You know? Yep. Oh, I can't even imagine. At the grocery store. The grocery store. The clerk behind the counter. Oh, that's so creepy. I know. He was he was a student in AM. And I wonder too if in that moment, like because I bet he recognized her or knew who she was, and if there was a look of like acknowledgement, you know? I mean, maybe like, do you think he like recognized she just acknowledged her? maybe or if he recognized that she recognized him. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, just, oh, it's like, so creepy. I can't. I don't even know. I don't even know how that went down. If she was able to keep a, like a poker face and just yeah. be like, okay, you know, I don't know. Oh, God, good for her. So I hated that's that. the that's the story of the Texas A&M serial raper. That piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Yeah. 100%. Brian Armpit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Brian Armpit. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, DJ Armpit. DJ Ar- <laughs> Fuck right off. Fucking DJ at a strip club. Okay. <laughs> what a douche. That's so... <laughs> God, can we get more cliche? Seriously. Fuck. Just what a piece of shit. rolling around with $7,500 in his car. What? Yeah. Can I have that back, please? Thanks. Like, wh- who... Whatever. Okay. Anyway, mm, I fucking hate him. Well, yep. thank you for that. You're uh, welcome. That's, that's creepy. The story. Yep. That's the story mm. about the time a guy got caught because one of his victims recognized him at the grocery store. Good for her. Checking her out in the grocery line. God, I hate it. Thank mm-hmm. you. You're welcome. You have. Oh. Um, you have something chaotic for me, sis. I have something chaotic for you, and I'm, uh, I'm going to do it. my best, and hopefully we can uh, we can all follow along here because it's weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So um, it's July fifteenth, two thousand seventeen, and forty-two year old Barbara Rogers calls nine one one at around two thirty a.m. from her home in Kuba Township, Pennsylvania. Kuba. Okay. Okay. 2.30 in the a.m. Did you say 2.30 in, in the, the morning? A.m. She's yeah, how old again? 40-something? Yeah. 42. Oh, she's like our age. Well, <laughs> it's so funny, too, because I read that and I was like, she's old. I'm like, wait, that's my age. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, Kuba, cool shut your ass. Cool, ba. Cool, ba. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> No, it's all right. That is important. It's What's about 100 miles north of Philadelphia. Okay. Barbara Ro- Rogers. Barbara Rogers. Okay. Barb. Barbara Wawa. Okay. Barbara <laughs> Wawa. <laughs> Sorry. I took a J-Quill today. Oh, no. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, God, maybe that's what do. I should take after never this do. is a NyQuil. Yeah. There you go. Good, I love okay, that for so you. Okay, so Barbara, it's 2.30 mm-hmm. in the morning. She's in Coolba, which is near Philly? Philly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Barbara and her 32-year-old boyfriend, Stephen Minio, were living it, on a Barbara. piece of property. Yeah. <laughs> ten, well, She said 10 years on him. Good job. <laughs> well, it doesn't go well for Stephen. Oh, no. So. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, it's know, all right. I'm, like, I'm trying to, like... Get out of the serial raper mode over here. So I'm really. Mm. Oh, well, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Okay. Her boyfriend, 32 year old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so she calls. 
Stephen Minio. Okay. She calls the police. She says her boyfriend is dead and that he told her to pull the trigger. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they are living on a piece of property where they had converted something between a double wide and a shed into what they were calling a studio apartment. Not real sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's where they're leaving. So, so police arrive at their studio and they, they find Steven dead. He's sitting cross-legged on the floor and he died of a gunshot wound to the head. And it was clear that the gun had been pressed against his forehead. He's cross-legged on the floor. What is he resting against the couch or something? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. So they take Barbara in for questioning and the police ask her like, hey, what happened? And she tells them <laughs> quite the tale. Okay. Mm-hmm. She said about 10 years ago when Stephen was in his early 20s. Oh, my God. We're going back a- 10 years. This is how uh-huh. she starts. Okay. Yeah, it all. It's like when you just want to get an online recipe, and it starts with growing up on my grandma's farm. No one fucking cares. Get to the how many, how many teaspoons of cilantro? I give zero fucks about the fact that you ate this for like the Memorial Day barbecue. No one cares. Barbara's telling us a story. Mm -hmm. Okay, ten. It all started ten years ago. When he was in his early 20s, he was extremely awkward and shy, and his entire social life was through social media or online, through message boards and YouTube. Okay. So Stephen started watching YouTube videos posted by someone called Sherry Schreiner. Ever heard of Sherry Schreiner? No. Should I have? I'm oh. not really, oh. you know what, no, I, I am hope really not. out of the YouTube loop, so... It's no, like this one, is one that you really should be out of. And that's one that's of those. I, I've never gone down any real, really gone down the YouTube rabbit hole. So Sherry Schreiner, tell me about Sherry, Sherry Schreiner. Schreiner. Uh-huh. She claimed to be the granddaughter of King David. She was a self-proclaimed prophet and was spreading the word about the new world order. King David, like, who's King David. Um, I think he's in the Bible, but I soups don't know. That's I don't what read I thought that. you meant. She's like the mm-hmm. great, 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 many great yeah. granddaughters of King mm-hmm. David. Okay. Yeah. And she's a prophet. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sure, and sure, she's sure. spreading the word. New sure, world sure, order. Sure. And the new world order, according to Sherry, was aliens and demons are taking over the world. And that only a substance called argon would protect you. Argon, take me away. Uh-huh. Oh, no, that's Calgon. <laughs> that's Calgon. But Argon would do in a pinch, too. Hey, you know what? I'm pretty sure that the oil I put in my hair is Argon oil, and it smells delicious. So, I mean, oh. it, it might be, it might actually have some supernatural powers. I don't know. Um, I think we might be talking about different um, Argon, because this one is a pseudoscientific concept of universal life force introduced in the 20th century by psychoanalyst Wilhelm Reich. It always goes back to the Nazis. Uh Uh-huh. Well, Schreiner sold her own version of Argon on her website, which appeared to be oven-melted plastic with glitter in it. Oh, like like, uh, tiddlywinks or whatever? Or like when you do those... When you used to do those little like metal shaped things and you put the plastic beads in and then tiddly you- winks. <laughs> yeah. Argon tiddly winks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just painting a picture. 
Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So she claimed that it would also kill zombies and the reptilian aliens who looked like humans, a.k.a. Uh, reptilian people were wearing human suits and fooling all of us. This is giving me like Lori and Lori Vallow, Ch- Chad Daybell vibes right, right now. Right, right. It's yeah. the lizard people. Yeah, mm-hmm. lizard people, zombies. Mm-hmm. They've been taken over mm-hmm. by demons. We're, yeah, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also kill the lizard people by putting snakes down their throat. Sure. Yep. I've heard that. Yep, yep, yep. 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 So Stephen was one of Sherry's very first followers, and it didn't take long for him to become completely convinced and committed to Sherry's message. Great. I love that for him. You know what? You do you, boo. (laughs) So Sherry immediately took to Stephen online. Uh, The two never met in person. And Sherry, she was always really good about keeping her true identity and her private life private. But Sherry would counsel Stephen, and in exchange, Stephen would help build websites and maintain blogs for Sherry. Wait a minute. So is Sherry not going on camera when she does her YouTube videos? She rarely shows her face. Oh, okay. So it's all like voiceover type stuff? I don't know if it's voiceover. I was getting, I didn't want, I didn't look it up because I was afraid of what might happen to me if I did, but. Well, you didn't want to tempt the algo, the algo gods. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. I get the vibes of like like on an unsolved mysteries where they're interviewing a witness and they just black out the sure sure <laughs> sure with like the voice changing thing and, uh-huh. okay yeah okay. which is uh-huh. always like real spooky uh-huh. like that whole vibe yeah. is spooky <laughs> fuck totally just to make this show even creepier well you yeah. know they've got new technology now i don't know if you've seen the tiktok videos going around they added this feature on tiktok where you can like record your videos and it like the sound of your voice is literally like somebody else's voice. It's not like distorted. Oh, I don't it's like, like that. It's like you're literally sound like another person. It's weird. Ew. It's really that weird. That could also like dangerously sound like create like a false identity thing. Uh, you, oh no, we're we're headed there. Yeah, yeah. between deep oh. fakes and and changing the voice, you could yeah, hundred percent. I don't like it. <clears throat> okay, so the crux of Sherry's message to her followers was that the reptilian alien people had infiltrated the population and had completely invaded civilization. She said that the most powerful politicians and celebrities were the reptilian people, and that the lizard people were going to bring the antichrist to power. Well, Obama is a lizard person. Sure, 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 sure. You can see, you know what? Eyes don't lie. You just have to watch their eyes. The eyes give it away. <laughs> God. Give it away, give it away now. <laughs> um, she would post unflattering photos of celebrities on her website, citing them as proof that they were lizard people and that their human skin suits were malfunctioning. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> I mean, oh my god! I can't. I can't make this up. You know, I've I've used the wrong foundation before and felt like my human skin suit was malfunctioning. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm dying. <laughs> so, oh Jesus! Oh, thank so, you for that. 
You're welcome. <laughs> Excuse me, I gotta wipe the tears from my eyes. Okay. Keep so going. There's, there's not a lot of information about Sherry Schreiner. She had a career as a journalist, but left her career when she felt that she had been called upon to battle the lizard people. And she was able. <laughs> That's one I can't. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and can we just be real and go back and put journalists in quotation marks? There's no sure. way. <laughs> There's no way. Well, she's got a blog, Naomi. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Woo>. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she was able to Hold amass on. a... F- okay, you do you. We'll, we'll pause. <laughs> I'm getting sweaty. I have to take this I'm off. so hot right now. <laughs> I am too. I'm a, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm positive it's the pause. I am just constantly having hot flashes now. Oh, okay. no. Oh, yes. Old lady. Okay, sorry. Mm. Uh, journalist. Uh, yep, yep. Called to the cause. <sighs> yep, she's doing it. Um, she was able to amass a following of twenty thousand online followers. This is scary. Well, the beauty of them being online is at least they're distributed. It's not like she had like a town of twenty thousand people in one place that were literally following her. Right. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, in 2011, Stephen met Barbara online through one of these, whatever, message boards or whatever of Sherry Shriners. Oh, so Barbara um, she- was a Shriner. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> a Shriner. <laughs> I, know th- I know that has different contexts. I know there's actually like the Shriners. They wear those funny hats. They're the ones that wear the hats, mm-hmm. right? With the Yeah. Anyway. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they started dating online, and Barbara was Stephen's first ever girlfriend. Eventually, the two met in person and decided to move in together into that studio apartment in Cool Ba Township. Okay. So Barbara was 10 years older than Stephen and had spent seven years in the military before she was medically discharged after receiving a bipolar disorder diagnosis. Okay. After moving in together, the two continued to lead a very hermit-like lifestyle where all of their social interactions were entirely online, mostly in the Sherry Schreiner community. This is this is the second time now I've done a story of boyfriend and girlfriend who live entirely online in La La Land and kind of it, it doesn't end well. Does not end well. Mm-mm, you got to go touch mm-mm. grass, you guys. You got to go touch grass. <laughs> So in April of 2017, nearly all of Sherry's 20,000 followers turned on Barbara and Stephen because of a picture that Barbara posted on her personal Facebook page. Barbara had posted a picture of steak tartare that she had prepared, which is raw beef chopped by hand and seasoned. That's right. Anyone didn't know that? Yep. And her caption on the photo said, quote, I just crave raw meat all of the time for some reason. I know some of you are grossed out by it, but it's a delicacy for me. They decided she was a lizard person. Yep. Barbara's a lizard person. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. You can see it in the eyes. <laughs> you can see it in her eyes. God. She's struggling with her meat suit. <laughs> her meat suit. 
So uh, Stephen and Barbara were extremely upset that their entire social circle had just turned on them. So Stephen reached out to Sherry and asked, why was why was everyone accusing Barbara of being a lizard person? And Sherry was like, uh, raw meat, obs, you know. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like they've never heard of sushi. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherry even attacked Barbara on one of her blog posts and said that the steak tartare picture also showed feces in the background. And this practice was common in satanic groups. (laughs) Yeah, everybody knows that. What is that practice? Exactly. There's specifically a steak tartare feces practice. That's a thing. What are we talking about? Don't you know? Oh, you don't know. Well, you're going to find out. Mm hmm. So Stephen was real upset with Sherry. And he was like, you know, we've been friends for a long time. And I've been one of your most loyal followers from the very beginning. But I take offense to you doing this to my partner. He also said, um, I have Oregon in my home. So how could this even be possible? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell He's me got- that. Tell me that Sherry Schreiner. I have the <laughs> magic. <laughs> I have the magic talisman. So, so what did you call it? What was the toy? Tiddlywinks? Tiddlywinks. <laughs> but I have a tiddlywink, Sherry. <laughs> tiddlywinks? Oh, man. Uh, Sherry didn't have a good answer for that. She, mm. you know, uh, Stephen was upset, but he also felt kind of conflicted about what Sherry was telling him about Barbara. Like, ooh, maybe she is a lizard person. So Stephen reaches out to another online friend, someone not in the cult, Lori Anderson. Uh, Lori was someone who was well-versed in biblical prophecy. And so he asks Lori if she believed that Barbara was a lizard person. And Lori was like, "Um, no, I think you're having a crisis of faith. And maybe you need to take a hard look at the teachings of Sherry Schreiner. No, I mean, good advice. (laughs) Yeah. Sherry had always stated that her her beliefs were taken straight from the Bible. And Lori was like, nowhere in the Bible does it say there's a magic rock that protects us from aliens and demons. Like, that's not a thing. Well, I mean, it depends on how you interpret the Bible. Sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. So over the next few months, Stephen does his own research and starts questioning everything he has believed for the last decade. All the while, the online attacks kept coming in from the Shriner followers. Barbara made another Facebook post trying to defend herself. She said that she just liked to try new foods, but her post didn't help. Before long, there was a complete rift between the other followers and Stephen and Barbara. So well, eventually- you know, he thinks she doth protest too much. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what a lizard person would say. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So eventually, Stephen uh, also broke away from the cult and, you know, aligned himself with Barbara. Okay. Between the months of May and July, Stephen did a series of YouTube videos exposing Sherry Schreiner. He said that Sherry and all of her followers were mentally ill. And these videos kicked the harassment from the Schreiner followers into high gear. Uh, Barbara said that it was completely wearing Stephen down. And she said that the harassment got so bad that her and Stephen would receive pictures in the mail of their own house with a note saying, we know where you live. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
people are cray. Uh, Barbara would beg Stephen to disengage and just get off the computer, but that had been his entire life for over a decade. Yeah. Yeah. So on the day of his death, he was in an argument online with two of Sherry's followers. So Barbara decided to take him out for dinner and drinks. They went to a local pub, had a few drinks. They got home around 2 a.m. And Stephen suggested that they both go out to the woods and shoot their guns. Just for funsies. Okay. Yeah. So they headed out, fired a few rounds. According to Barbara, when they got home, Stephen sat down, put his gun to his head, and then wrapped Barbara's hands around it and begged her to pull the trigger. She said that because Stephen was so deeply religious, he believed that he wouldn't go to heaven if he took his own life, so he needed Barbara to do it for him. She said that because he had just lost his entire network of friends, everything that he believed in and the harassment, the depression became too much for him, so Barbara pulled the trigger. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Mm-mm. Barbara, nope. I'm sorry. You just murdered your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yep. She then said that after she shot him, she couldn't accept that he was gone. So she spent 20 minutes trying to get him to respond before calling 911. So Barbara is arrested for Stephen's murder. And as the story hits the news of a homicide that was cult related, Sherry Schreiner took to her website and released the following statement. Quote. Oh, yeah. Tell me what Stephen you get to wasn't- say. <laughs> Stephen wasn't involved in a cult. I am not a cult leader. They're trying to spin it that I am responsible for Stephen's death, but I am not. Barb is. I tried to protect Stephen and warn him about Barbara Rogers, but he wouldn't listen to me. I knew what she was. He started to realize that what I was saying about her was true, and that's why she killed him, to protect her secret. And now he's dead because he wouldn't listen to me. Well, because Barbara's the lizard. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. After questioning Barbara, detectives wanted to talk to Sherry Schreiner. They tried to track her down, but she went to extreme measures to keep herself private. They knew that she was in Ohio, but not much else. So when they weren't able to find her, detectives sent her an email and asked if she would be willing to talk. And surprisingly, she emailed them back and said that she would. But before that conversation could happen, Sherry Schreiner died of a heart attack. What? Yeah. Her daughter ended up taking over as the online cult leader. <laughs> Carrying the torch. Oh, my God. So she's a uh-huh. prophet now? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> this is very Mormon. Uh, like, we're all prophets here. Sure, 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 yeah, sure. Everyone's yeah. a prophet. You're a prophet. I'm a prophet. Everyone can be a prophet. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, on March 16th, 2019, Barbara Rogers goes to trial. She was offered a plea deal of murder in the third degree, which what? maybe is their version of like manslaughter. Okay. Uh, which would have given her a sentence of 10 to 15 years, but she refused to take the plea and went to trial. Oh. And the prosecution, yeah, walks the jurors through the entire evening, the going out to dinner and drinks and shooting in the woods. And they tell the jurors that this was not an accident. And the defense tried to say that it was an accident and that Barbara didn't know the gun was loaded, which didn't make any sense since they had just returned from shooting in the woods. Not only that, but if they have guns, then they know the first fucking rule of guns, which is you always treat every gun as if it's loaded. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Yes. 
The defense also pointed out that both Stephen and Barbara were in extreme emotional distress. Well, well, that might have been true. For a long time. Yeah. After several hours of deliberation, the jurors agreed that this was premeditated. So they found, oh, they agreed that they were not able to find that it was premeditated. So they found her guilty of murder in the third degree and was sentenced 10 to 40 years. So she, she got, the she same, got what she, mm-hmm, yeah. 10 to 40 means like, is that the, is that the recommendation? And then the judge sets the time or is that like up to 40 years, depending on good behavior? 10 exactly. Minim- and the 10 is the minimum. Yeah. But the uh, agreed sentence that she declined to take was 10 to 15 years. So she screwed herself. I yep. mean, Okay. Um, She went on to say that she hopes her case serves as a cult warning and says, quote, be careful what you decide to believe in. Well, I mean, Uh, yes, Barbara. Yes. Yes. And also don't post pictures of beef tartare. Apparently. Look, (laughs) look, this woman uh, a month or two ago posted a picture on Twitter of her chili that she was making and said she was going to take it to her new neighbors who seemed to be getting a lot of takeout, maybe didn't have time to cook for themselves. And it turned into like a three week discourse on Twitter about how she was an ableist and she was a no food pusher. And Oh no, they came for her. They came for her because she, Jesus, was, I know what the fuck is wrong with people. I, I don't know. Amber, I don't know. <clears throat> wow. Okay. So lizard people, aliens, demons, Online cults, which, you know, that's a whole thing. Online mm-hmm. cults is its own, it's like a whole thing now. Like, mm-hmm. this, these exist. These exist. I know. I know. You know, there's a danger in, yeah, like you said, not going outside and touching grass. You yep. can go down some rabbit holes. And particularly if you're either by yourself or with a like-minded person, you don't have somebody different to bounce an idea off no, of. Like, does you're, this sound you're legit? In echo, you're in an echo chamber. Yeah. Everybody is reinforcing the insanity. Yes. Like, yes. It's yes. Dangerous. Not yes. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Sister. Wow. Uh. I have, we haven't done a, we haven't done a chaos story that had me laugh so hard. I cried in a while. So <laughs> thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. No problem. That was good stuff. That was really good stuff. Um, thank you. Do you have anything for the good of the order? Um, just follow us on all the things. Yeah. We're on, we're on all, all the so, things. We're on, we're on all the things. Uh, we also have a website. If you want to send us uh, love letters, as I like to say, or hate me. You know what? Send me the love letters. Send Naomi the hate mail. I love that for us. Yes. I will She's read the hate mail. She's equipped for that. Yeah. I will read the hate mail. Only send love letters to Amber. But both of them, they all have to be sent to crimewineandchaos at gmail.com. That's correct. Uh, you can find us on the Facebook, the Insta, the Twitter. You can find me personally on Twitter, M-I-S-S-G-N-O-M-E-R-S, at Miss Nomers. Uh yeah, check us out. Amber's also in a band, Tinfoil Top Hat. I am. Yeah. Tinfoiltophat.com. She's a rock also... star. So go I check mean... that out. And, uh, you know, give us a like and a subscribe and a smash for the five star button or something. I don't know. Send us send us love letters on Apple Podcasts because those yes. are the ones that matter the most. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. It, yeah, it really does. Oh, thanks so much for that, Sissy. That was a good You're time. Welcome. That was a good that time. Was. It was also really chaotic. chaotic.
Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Crime, Wine, and Chaos. The podcast art was done by Joshua M. Davis. Music by Paul Abner. You can find us on Facebook at Crime, Wine, and Chaos, on Instagram at Crime, Wine, and Chaos Pod, or check out our website at crimewineandchaos.com. Cheers. Cheers.